When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Iceberg Recap, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from the penguins fall by a final score of five to four in this one in overtime to the new york islanders a tough loss to swallow for the penguins who are in desperate need of standings points and certainly in desperate need of wins over the metropolitan division and really any of the 10 or 11 teams that are ahead of them in the eastern conference standings whether that be in the metropolitan division or in the wild card race as of right now the penguins Let's see. Their storyline was their inept power play. It's been the storyline all season long. It's one of the worst in the National Hockey League. It's historically bad for the Penguins organization, and it continues to be the Achilles heel of this team and of this franchise. They go 0 for 3 tonight against the worst penalty kill unit in the National Hockey League. But I'm tired of talking about this power play. It's inept. It's been inept all season. It's going to be inept the remainder of the season. So I'm just moving on. Just know that that was the Achilles heel once again for the Penguins. But I'm moving on. I'm not talking about it the rest of this episode. Second to that was the Penguins' defensive ineffectiveness and the absolutely horrendous blunders that they had on four of the five New York Islanders' goals. For some reason, they threw defense out of the window, and specifically, the blue liners for the Penguins threw defense completely out of the window. Eric Carlson had a couple of horrendous gaffes. Ryan Graves got walked and turned the puck over way too many times. Even Marcus Pedersen got walked on the first goal of the game for the New York Islanders. So poor defensive play. And this is exactly why we say, despite the fact that Penguins are one of the top teams in goals against in the National Hockey League, they're not a good defensive team. You saw tonight, Alex Nedeljkovic, for the most part, kept the Penguins in the game through the first and the second period, stopping a lot of grade-A chances for the New York Islanders, but you can only do so much when your team refuses to play defense in front of you, and that ended up being the case late in this game tonight. Let's go over to the score recap because there was a lot of goals in this one, nine in total, so if you had the over, you're a winner tonight, but the Penguins... They got it started early. Marcus Pedersen scores his third goal of the season. Like I've said on multiple occasions, he's on pace to smash career highs when it comes to total points. He gets his third goal of the season on a goal that beats Ilya Sorokin. Ricard Raquel had a picture-perfect pass from behind the net to find Pedersen. The Swedish connection was completed with Eric Carlson picking up his 32nd assist of the season on the secondary one there. And the Penguins entered the second period 
up by a score of one to nothing. But just as it was on Sunday, it was not enough and by far not enough in this game as the second period began and the Penguins just went downhill quickly. Brock Nelson scores his 24th goal of the season by walking Eric Carlson and Marcus Pedersen within a matter of seconds before beating Alex Nedeljkovic for his 24th of the season. Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick pick up the second assists on that one and the rain or the Islanders, excuse me, tie this one at one. Shortly after that, just about a couple minutes later, New York Islanders make it two to one. Matthew Barzell scores out of the penalty box and then on the breakaway, 17th goal of the season. Ryan Pulak gets his sixth assist and Elias Sorokin picks up his second assist of the season on that one. The Penguins were ineffective on that power play and it led to the leading goal at that point, two to one for the New York Islanders. The Islanders extended their lead to three to one, like I said, with a massive gaffe by Eric Carlson behind his own net. He tries to pass the puck over to Marcus Pedersen. Instead, it's deflected by Simon Holmstrom. Carlson tries to scramble to get back to the puck, but instead Holmstrom just pokes it past a unsuspecting Alex Nedeljkovic for his 13th goal of the season. It goes unassisted, and it's 3-1 to in a matter of basically three blinks of your eyes, and all of a sudden this game seemed way out of reach for the Penguins, but they got a lucky bounce a little bit later in the second period. Lars Eller tosses the puck towards the net. It bounces off of a New York Islanders defenseman, and it goes in for Eller's 10th goal of the season, and the Penguins cut the lead to just one. Chad Ruedel and Ryan Graves pick up the assist. They enter the third period down by one goal, and then a little bit later it was that horrendous turnover by Ryan Graves in the defensive zone. Makes it a 4-2 game because Mike Riley excuse me, gets his fourth goal of the season. Brock Nelson set him up. Anders Lee picks up the secondary assist. And I think everybody expected the Penguins to go out with a whimper, but they didn't do it just yet. They gave you a little bit of hope before taking it all away. Valtteri Pustin scores his second goal of the season, banging away at a rebound, beating Ilya Sorokin. Chris Letang and Riley Smith pick up the assists. And then just a couple of minutes later, the game is tied 4-4 to on a great shift by Evgeny Malkin, who digs it out down low, gets it to Drew O'Connor. He throws it on net, and good things happen when you do that. Drew O'Connor scores his seventh goal of the season, ties the game. Like I said, Evgeny Malkin gets the assist on that one, 26th of the season for Gino, and the game goes into overtime, and you're thinking, all right, if they can get this win, maybe it is that come-from-behind victory, that galvanizing victory that sets them on a course-correcting path, but instead... Mike Sullivan has some interesting deployment decisions, and the game goes in the opposite direction. Adam Pellick scores his first goal of the season, beating Alex Nedeljkovic and winning the game for the New York Islanders. Matt Barzal gets his 42nd assist. Bo Horvat gets his 27th, and we were past triple zeros. We were into overtime, and the Penguins didn't even gain possession of the puck before they were gone and out of this one. Losers, 5-4. to four in overtime. Like I mentioned, the defense was the biggest issue for the Penguins in this one. Power play was right up there alongside it. A lot of issues with this team. This has been a flawed team all season long. They continue to show it as they lose a massive game to the New York Islanders as they continue to fall further and further behind in the wild card and the Metropolitan Division race. Let's go to the three stars of the game in this one. Spoiler alert, none of them are going to be Penguins. Actually, technically, one of them is a Penguin, but he played in the 90s. I'm giving Phil Bork a star for this one because he was great on the call with Josh gets off tonight. He's great on TV. He's a great color commentator. And I'm going to give him his flowers because, honestly, I don't think anybody on the Penguins with the defensive effort, the power play effort, I don't think anybody on the Penguins really deserves one after this game tonight. And 
really after the way they've played over the past 10, 11 games, they just have not performed well. Second star of the game goes to the New York Islanders. Brock Nelson gets a goal and assist, including that beautiful goal where he danced two Penguins in the first, or sorry, second period, first goal of the game for the Islanders. And the first star, Adam Pellick, game-winning goal, his first goal of the season, first goal, and I believe it was 35 or 36 games that Phil Bork mentioned on the post game. also picks up an assist in this one. Final thoughts? Let's go all the way back to the decision with the lineup in this one. Yes, Apoyarvi receives his first healthy scratch with the Penguins. It was a performance issue, as Mike Sullivan alluded to, and Matt Vensel of the Post-Gazette tweeted out there before the game. Listen, if it's a performance issue, I'm not exactly sure what the discussion was surrounding it, but both Colin White and Jansen Harkins got sweaters tonight. And I understand it from a standpoint if it was Valtteri Pustin getting taken out of the lineup because he doesn't really fit the fourth line role for the Penguins. I get it if it was, hey, Matt Phillips hasn't really hit the mark, so we're going to take him out and put Pustin in back in because he doesn't really fit a fourth line role. But Yesipul Yarvi is a big guy, pretty good skater, plays well in the defensive zone, pretty good on the forecheck when he's playing at his best. I understand he had two down games against the Chicago Blackhawks and against the LA Kings. And I understand that you might want to try to change something because the Penguins need to change their fortunes very quickly if they want to have any hope. But taking out Yesipul Yarvi after, what, six, seven games and keeping in Colin White, who looked, again, bad in this one, and Jansen Harkins, who is a non-factor once again in this one, just doesn't make sense to me. I don't. It feels like Mike Sullivan has lost the pulse of this team, has lost the pulse of this organization at this point. And with Kyle Dubas speaking tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern, I'm not exactly sure what's going to come of it. I don't think it's going to be Mike Sullivan. We talked about that on the tip of the iceberg today. But some of the decision-making in this game, highly questionable from the Penguins bench boss. I mean... Jeff Carter on the second line in the last five minutes of a tie game. I understand Matt Phillips hasn't shown you too much in two games, but the second line was buzzing in the third period. And you put on Jeff Carter, who looked especially slow in this one. He was late to pucks. He was late to puck battles in a lot of these instances. Drew O'Connor at one point came out and almost had a two-on-one, but the player that was supposed to be with him was Jeff Carter. Why was he on the second line? I don't know. I question that decision. I question the decision. I, I understand you want face-off guys out there in defensive zone face-offs, but Lars Eller was very good tonight and has been very good all season in the face-off dot. You take off Valtteri Pustin, you put on Colin White. It just seems like a lot of moving parts. It seems like overthinking, and then especially when you get into overtime and Lars Eller's taking the first face-off with Riley Smith and Chris Letang. What are we doing here? Sidney Crosby is on your team still. Even Evgeny Malkin, who had been having a pretty good game, is on your team still. Brian Rust looked dangerous at points in this game. Ricard Raquel had a beautiful assist, but we go with Lars Eller, Riley Smith, who has two goals in his last 16 games, and Chris Letang. I guess I don't have an issue with Letang, but the other two, very questionable. And all of this, again, stems from a lot of questionable calls tonight by the Penguins bench boss when it comes to his lineup, when it comes to his line combinations, and when it comes to his defense pairs. I think Ryan Graves was playing up on the top pairing at some points in the third period. Again, I understand making changes when things aren't working, but some of these changes are highly questionable. If it works, he looks like a genius. If it doesn't work, which it didn't, we're questioning him like we are right now. Again, Yesipul Yarvi, that's a big one. Because I thought the eye test, at least before the last two games, had been pretty good for a guy that hadn't played in the NHL in over eight months. Two bad games and he's plugged out of the lineup, yet you keep two guys in that 
really haven't shown you much of anything, especially Colin White, who hasn't shown you very much of anything, and he didn't tonight. I don't know. Just a lot of questions going forward for the Penguins. They're going to need answers, and I don't know if they have enough answers to get them back into contention this year, and I think we've echoed that sentiment for the past week or so that this team is far, far, far from doing anything or making any noise. But up next for them, because... We have 29 games left in the season for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we will continue to watch along and talk along with what they're doing this season. The homestand continues on Thursday night with a matchup against the Montreal Canadiens. Penguins have fared well against the Canadiens this season, but then again, they fared well against the Islanders coming into this one. They lost this one. We'll see what they do on Thursday night, but that's going to do it for this game recap. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from by simply searching Tip of the Iceberg. But that's it for this one. We'll see you guys next time.